Good afternoon, Professor Peter Lanham. How's it going? I'm very well, thank you, Johnny. Yourself? Yeah, pretty good. I just had a nice little week on holiday, so it's it's uh, good to be nice and refreshed from that. But great to be back in the studio here. Now, yeah. Peter, you've you've picked a, an interesting one for us. We're talking um, the LGBTQ community and Muslims. Yes, and this is a very interesting topic because certainly in my experience here in New Zealand. If you try to talk about Muslims on the issue of homosexuality, you confront a very brick wall, mm-hmm. you know, of great suspicion, and where you meet. Is it, isn't that true for most religions, though? That they're by and large, I suppose. Mm. But um, this, uh, I mean, you still do meet LGBT. Um, Muslims, of course, yes. but they're not likely to be very upfront about their, their religious faith or how, and they'll almost certainly be non-practicing in their religious faith. Okay. And, and you see, this article um, that I sent you is an article which provocatively argues that this is Western influence that has brought this about. Okay. That in fact, it, before the insidious influence of Christianity and empire in the 19th century, yes. um, Muslims were tolerant, even positive about same-sex relationships. Yes. And, I mean, the difficulty is this is picking one side of a two-sided argument. And um, there's some truth in what they say, mm-hmm. that... There are a lot of examples in Islamic literature of um, positive accounts of same-sex love, certainly. So the the sentiments, sure, seem to be common. As for, I mean, obviously they didn't use the term like homosexuality. They didn't think of an orientation. Mm -hmm. Nobody thought that way until the late 19th century. But uh, as for the approval of actual, you know, same-sex acts, I think the story's a lot more complex than what that argument is, is suggesting. Mm. And here's the, here's the puzzle of the evidence. The Quran is relatively silent on the subject. When it comes to treat, um, there's the story of Lot, which is in the Old Testament, but which is all of the Bible, the Christian or Jewish Bible, but it's also told in the... Um, in the Quran in its own way, and it places the emphasis not on the homosexual acts, but on how inhospitable uh, the people of Sodom had been to the to the angels who were visiting Lot. So sodomy is not conceived of in this uh, particular description. Yes. But, and here's quite a big but, that uh, as for any condoning of acts. There's no positive portrayal in the Quran. And from what we can make out, there are plenty of evidences of hostility to homosexual acts at various times in Islamic history, particularly in the from the fifteenth century onwards. There seems to have been quite a positive period from the tenth to the fourteenth centuries. But and there's quite a difference between Iran, the Shiite form, which from the very first seems to have been very hostile, and the the, the Sunni forms. You know, maybe 
hard to say why the Sunnis became so hostile when they did, because it seems to have occurred completely separately from mm. Western influence. Now, I mean, you're talking about the 10th to the 15th century. How, yes. how accurate and reliable are the, <clears throat> any documents from this era? Well, what we've got is erotic poems that are clearly addressed to people of the same sex, and indeed erotic poems that do suggest the same practice, the same boy love as was common in Greek society, you know, where it was sometimes held up, that it was a beautiful thing for a man to love a boy mm. in an erotic way, which is, of course, an attitude that today absolutely criminal. Um, because the boy can't give informed consent. Yes. Um, so, yes, there's, there's quite a lot of literature about that. And even if, I was surprised, but there's even a few drawings, even though Islam disapproves of drawings of, of humans, um, there are a few drawings around in secular literature. And, of course, the Arabs are great on love poetry. The Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam is a great example. Of, there's always been these beautiful, exotic pictures of love. And so I'm left puzzling about this kind of ambiguous picture and to understand exactly where did the conservative views come from because my goodness they're there today yes oh well, didn't you say that they sort of crept in thanks to christianity coming in with its well, conservative that's values what, that's what they're implying hmm. but i can't see quite what the link is with conservative christianity because it's largely i mean saudi arabia wahhabism seems to have been and I'm, I'm while that's not unlike christian fundamentalism and being a very extreme form of islam um, adding a whole lot of prescriptions. I mean, you wouldn't have thought Saudi Arabia was the natural place where Western influence would creep in. Mm. And so I I don't know. It may be some kind of Western influence. It seems unlikely to be Christian influence, since there was a lot of hostility between Christians and Muslims in those places, unless it was in countries like India, where there was a lot of overlap between Muslims and Christians. I wonder if that's the, the explanation. Um, because it, it's a strange phenomenon that today, where churches seem to be gradually changing their views, where, where the Jewish traditions are so hostile uh, in the Old Testament, you know, in some very explicit verses, um, but modern Jews are increasingly tolerant, and one of the Two rabbis here in Auckland is is a is a gay rabbi. Mm -hmm. um, so one, I'm left wondering why Muslims have picked up such a hostile attitude if really their history is so positive. Tells a this seems story. strange to me. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Um, and I think maybe all societies went through an increasingly formal opposition as it began to be advocated by some of the sex reformers of the 19th century. Maybe that's the solution. That as people begin to want to bring it out into public, then in all sorts of religions, they become hostile. Yes. It does, it, well, and I mean, it does seem like that is just occurring, you know, where one side moves further away from the other side. Yes. 
I mean, wonder, I, I have wonder whether we shouldn't have left it always under wraps and then it, everything would have been all right. Yes. You know, maybe the, maybe the modern tendency mm. to want to have very formal declarations of things yes. uh, removed a beautiful ambiguity that once upon a time existed. Mm. There's a thought. Now, Peter, we've just had a, a question come through. <clears throat> yes. uh, wondering what your view on the Venn Foundation is. David Ferrier mentioned one of their speakers giving a talk at yes, Bethlehem indeed. College on the LGBTQ community. Yes, so the Venn Foundation is a conservative evangelical foundation that was set up uh, in the 2010s with some quite significant money uh, behind it. And um, the person whom you're talking about was a lecturer and still is a part-time lecturer for the Venn Foundation. And I think it's kind of inevitable that there will be people who continue to advocate for a conservative position. And, I mean, while, you know, David, David's right to call this guy out and say that's, what, you know, that's what's going on and that's what Bethlehem's doing, of course, but you can understand that if some people want to condemn uh, uh, sexuality, uh, same-sex relations, um, they're going to do so um, through various sources, and there are plenty of sources they can use. They just, what, they've, what I think they've failed to do is to listen to the other side. Mm. Yes. You know, it, so it's the lack of uh, lack of attentive listening that's, I think, the failure in in the Bethlehem College. And um, it it seems intriguing to me. And David wrote an account of he listened to this lecture, brave man. <laughs> and, um, was it an hour and a half worth of lecture that he listened to? And uh, it, it, the, the man was full of apologies. I know the person concerned who was mm. involved, yes. um, and I, I know he's of a conservative disposition on that subject, and I guess he has a right to, to do that. We haven't banned holding anti, um, anti-gay viewpoints. Um, I just like to reason with people. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Hey, um, Peter Lynham, thank you very much for this week's edition of That's the Spirit. We'll look forward to chatting to you next Monday. Okay, good. Bye.